Good morning, church. Good morning, City Life. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for allowing me to preach again. It's such an honor and a pleasure. But before we get into the word, I actually have one more announcement for us. And this announcement is that I will be leaving City Life Church. It's been such an honor and a pleasure, but Janine and I will be moving to Ohio in a couple of weeks. And because we're leaving, uh, Pedro is giving me one last time to preach, one last thing to say um, as my parting words uh, at City Life Church. And again, guys, I just want to say it's been such an honor and a privilege to be a part of what God is doing here in Jersey City and to be doing that alongside of my brothers and sisters here at City Life Church. And as I was preparing for this message, I was preparing for what, God, what do you want me to say? Right? I want to be your vessel. I want to preach your word. Would you, would you please put on my heart the things that you want me to say to this congregation, this unique congregation here at City Life Church? And the one question that, that came up was about the driving force in our lives. And, and here's the question. What is the driving force in your life? Is it faith or is it fear? What is the foundation of the things you do? What is the motivator for the things you do? Is it faith-based or fear-based? And I know for me, it was it was fear, right? I, I growing up, it was when people used to ask me, Michael, what's your number one fear? And it was to not be like my dad, right? I didn't want to be. I didn't want any association with him. I'm mad that I even look like him, right? I used to get upset when people tell me I look like him. Like I didn't want any association with him. He was a an abuser. Um, he was a drug addict and he was a quitter in my mind and I want nothing to do with him. So that motivated me to do well in school. It motivated me to do a lot of things because I wanted to control. I wanted to have the power. I wanted to reach wealth and prosperity. But at the age of 20, I found myself in an apartment with just a air mattress and a laptop uh, alone, uh, on the edge of homelessness, on the edge of losing my job, really spiraling down to becoming a failure and becoming just like him in my mind, right? Becoming, yeah, becoming a failure. But I thank God that in that time, you know, and I call it the darkest night in my soul, right? In that time, God, he, he came to me and he saved me and he gave, he gave me a gift, right? Uh, and he gave me faith, right? Faith is a gift. It's, it's from God. It's not from ourselves. And he gave me a gift and he, and he showed me a life, what a life of faith could look like. Instead of living a life of fear, what a life of faith could look like. And, and it was following him. And he showed me that in my apartment at the age of 20. And, and that's what we're going to be exploring today as we get into the scriptures we're going to read out of Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. But we're going to be talking about what does it look like to live a life driven by faith. All right, guys, let's read the text. Starting in Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him on the other side 
while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for all that you do, all that you do for us. And I pray as we dive into the word, as we dive into what it means to live by fear or live by faith, please allow us to be spiritually alert, allow us to uh, have an open heart and be focused on your word, but also allow us understanding of this and and the challenge that comes with the Father. I pray that it lands on soft hearts, that I pray that it lands on soft ears, and I pray for your spirit to fill this room, fill wherever people are listening to, the, listen to this, and just, I pray for your presence to fill and for us to um, be led by you in faith as we live out the rest of our days. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, as we, before we jump into the scripture, I want to talk about these terms, faith and fear, because when we, we hear those terms, we kind of have a vague idea of what they mean. We have a lot of different definitions. So let's start off with the question, what is faith? Right? And here's the textbook definition of faith. And it's a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Right? That's what, that's what faith is. Outside of the biblical definition of faith, it's a complete trust. And, and faith, uh, I can't use the word faith in the definition, but a complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Right? And, I, and I think about, when I think about faith, I think about a story of my niece a couple years ago. She was about four. And when I used to come to my sister's house, we used to, you know, play, always play. But she used to jump on my sister's bed and she used to jump off and then I would catch her into my arms. We always played that game. So one time I was in my sister's room. I was talking with my sister. I was looking this way, but my niece saw me there. So she just, she came behind me. She started to run up on the bed and she just launched, she just jumped. Right? And I didn't see her. I didn't know she was there, but in the corner of my eye, I just see a figure jump and my heart drop, my heart sink. I know a lot of parents, they know what that feeling is. And I immediately, you know, my reflexes came and I, I caught her, right? And she's all laughing and playing, but I remember saying, oh, what if I didn't catch her? I remember just all the <laughs> the worry I had and then looking at her face, she's like, yeah, I had no, I had no doubt that you would catch me, right? Because 
you know, because I was standing there, she knew she was safe to play and jump, even though I wasn't paying attention. Right? That's faith. And again, this is, there's a small picture of it, but that's what faith is. Is the confidence you, you know, tr complete trust in someone or something. Now, what is fear? Right? And for fear, I'll say we got two definitions of fear. Because one is, is an unpleasant emotion, right? That's usually associated with maybe uh, pain or, or like something dangerous or a threat to come. We get this overwhelming uh, emotion that kind of grips our body uh, with fear. And, and I'll tell you guys a quick story. Uh, the first time I felt like I was truly fearful was, I guess, my first demonic encounter. So I was, I was uh, on my way to bed, closed the door like I always do. I don't see the door open. Closed the door, and I got onto my bed. And when I got onto my bed, I turned to the side as my face was facing the wall. Um, and yeah, you guys know when you hear someone coming to bed, it's that creaking sound. Like when someone steps onto the bed or steps off, it goes, whatever that creaking sound is. But as I was on my way to sleep, I heard the creaking sound behind me. And I, in, in my mind, no one's here, no one's in the room. And automatically, I knew it was a demon. You know, my, I assumed it was a demon um, coming onto the bed with me. And in that moment, I, I tried to I tried to quote a verse, perfect love cast out fear. That was a verse I was trying to quote, but I said perfect love and my voice kind of tightened up. I couldn't speak. I was stiff and the bed was shaking um, and I, I couldn't move. I was I felt like I was paralyzed as I was trying to quote the verse and I don't know how long it lasted. I think it lasted about five seconds. Um, but in that moment, it felt like, you know, I, was, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was going to die. I didn't know. But I, I did a quick prayer in my head because I couldn't talk. So I said, Jesus, protect me. And I rolled myself over to the other side and everything stopped. Um, and in that moment, I was like, man, like that was true fear um, in that moment. And, and as I look back on it, the bed wasn't shaking. I think I was shaking. So I was trembling. That's what I think I was doing. But in my mind, the bed was shaking. But no, I was shaking because I was so afraid. Um, and I, I turned and, you know, and yeah, again, I'm not sure whatever happened that night. Um, but I know that if I know what I heard, I know what happened. And I know that Jesus was there with me. But so that was a moment of fear. I think we have that fear. And, and there's another fear as well. And, and I'll say this fear is a little different. I'll say this fear is the realization that we are not in control, right? It's a realization that we are not God. And, 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 I, and as I was prepping for the sermon, I said, you know, this is where the deathbed confections come from. When you see people in their deathbed, they're about to die, and they realize they don't know what's going to happen at, at, at the end. They realize they, they live their life the way they want it, but then they reach out to God. They have their hand open to God and they say, God, save me, help me. It's fear, right? And so I think you battle with both of those definitions of fear. And we're going to talk about those as we get into the scripture. Um, but I wanted to set up, I wanted to talk about those two before we dive in, faith and fear. So now, let's, before we dive into our first point, let's look at the context. Let's look at what we see that Jesus sent disciples Onto the boat. What happened just before that? 
And this was the miracle when Jesus fed the 5,000. Right? We all know the story. He fed the 5,000. He had five loaves. He had two fish. Um, and, and Jesus made, what, 12 baskets full. Everyone ate and had their fill. Um, but a little known fact, a little known fact that what happened after that was they tried to force Jesus to become king. Right? They said, this is it. He's the Messiah. Let's take him. Let's battle the Romans. And <laughs> there was a lot of panic. And Jesus says, this is not the way. This is not what I came for. This is not the way. So he said, all right, disciples, y'all need to go. And then you get out of here. I need to pray. And y'all crowd, y'all need to go too. I, everyone needs to get on my face, right? And you see the scripture. Immediately he told them. Immediately he did this, right? Because he said, I, you guys need to go. So that's what we pick up. We pick up right here in verse 22. And that brings us to our first point. It is I. All right, guys, let's read verses 22 to 24. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him on the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone. But the boat by this time was a long way off from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Right? So we see here again, Jesus says, y'all need to go. Go into the water. I'll catch up. He, the crowd goes away, and he went up to a mountain to pray. Right? He goes to a mountain to pray, and, and as I was reading this, it's interesting to know that the disciples, they followed what Jesus told them to do. Right? Jesus told them to go into the boat, go into the waves, um, go into the, the sea, but we see they are beaten by hard waves, by a lot of hardships in the waves. And, and I just want to say, sometimes when we step out in faith, we are obedient to what God is telling us to do. Sometimes hardships still come, right? Even if we are obedient to what God is telling us to do. And then let's see what happens as they're battling against the waves. And these are fishermen. Some of these guys are fishermen in the boat. And they're battling against the waves. Let's see what happens after that. Verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw, saw him in, on the sea, walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Right? So again, <laughs> the fourth watch of the night. So it's about 3 a.m. It was in the middle of the night. And they see this figure, this ghost on uh, the sea. And they're immediately gripped with fear. But I love what the scriptures say. Verse 27 said, but immediately, like Jesus did not delay. He immediately spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And as I was studying this, that, that phrase, it is I, uh, was, man, it, it was comforting to me because it's the same language John uses in, in the Gospel of John when Jesus makes his I am statements. Right? You guys are familiar with that. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And he's using this I am. And then the Greek is ego I me. Right? It's I am. I am. And again, that points to Moses as he talked about last week when God is talking to Moses on a burning bush. And Moses is saying, yeah, God, you're calling me. I'm second act Moses. You're calling me. Like, I don't know. Like, who should I say sent me when I go to them? And God says, I am sent you. Tell them, I am sent you. I am, I am, right? And, and this is this comforting word. And they knew what that meant when, when they heard it there, right? 
that God is with us. He, he, is, he sends them comfort immediately. He does not delay. Right? And let's not get this. We, we're not. When we, when we disobey God, that we don't, don't expect God to come alongside us and, and to give us comfort. Right? God, there's a process for that. And that's a different sermon for when we disobey God. But I'm talking about when we're in the middle of obeying God and we're doing this well. We're stepping out in faith and we get scared. He, comfort comes immediately. God says, Ego I me, it is I, I am with you. Right? Because this is when we say, like, all right, God, you told me to go. You told me to walk this way. You told me to speak up. You told me to say this thing. And now I'm in the middle of this conversation and I'm talking about you and I'm scared and I don't know what to do. God says, Ego I me. And we have to believe that God has authority over any hardships any circumstance, any mountain that we face. And we also have to trust that he will make, he is making everything work together for his good, even if we're not alive to see them. We see that all through the scriptures that God does a work in this person's life and years later, it, it comes, the fruit of that comes. And we have to believe God still works like that today in the face of our hardships. We have to believe that. And, and we also have to believe not just that, but we also have to believe that God is with us in the hardships. When I was younger, my, my grandfather, he picked me up by my neck and choked me. I had to believe in that moment God was with me. Also, when I was younger, my, my father, he snatched an essential cord from the wall and he, and he hit me with it. And I was afraid for my life and I had to believe that God is with me. When I was 18, when I was a senior in high school, uh, my mom was going in for heart surgery. I wasn't sure if she was going to live or die. And six years before that, I lost my grandmother to a brain tumor. And I have to trust in those moments that God is with me. Because we don't know what God is going to do with those hardships. We don't know how God is working it out for his good. Maybe God can show his love through the hardship. Maybe God can make us uh, make us in relationships with a non-believer because we share similar hardships, right? We, we don't know how God is working. We don't know what, what God is doing in those works. Maybe he's just showing like, hey, with me, you can conquer through anything. We don't know what God is doing, and it's not our job, really, to know what he's doing. It's our duty and it's our honor to trust him and to have faith in him in the midst of hardships. And that brings me to my second point. Why did you doubt? Let's pick up in verse 28. It says this, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Right? And this is good. This is a good thing for Peter to say. Right? He was gripped with fear. Jesus says it's him, and when he says, if it is you, he's more saying, because it's you, because it's you, Rabbi, tell me to come. If you command me to come, I'll come with you, right? And Jesus says, come, right? He's doing a good thing here. Uh, he, Jesus said, come, and he walked out and came. And this is a, a, this is a nice side note, but Peter expects to do what his rabbi is doing, right? And that's great. He, this is a great show of faith, and he's a great show of understanding what Jesus was on earth to do. He wants to make people, he wants to make disciples, People who are doing what he is doing. And we see here, Peter is no longer fearful, right? 
because his focus is on something else other than the waves. But in verse 30, this is what happens. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Right. So again, Peter here, he's already walking the water. He's focused on Jesus. He's walking towards him. And as he is walking, as he's going through, he starts to take his eyes off of Jesus. He starts to look at the waves. Right. He starts to look at the wind. And man, he can't really see the wind, but he sees the effects of the wind. He sees the waves crashing. And in that moment, he takes his eyes and his focus off Jesus and he focuses on something else. And, and I want to say, hey, guys, when we when we step out, when we obey what God is telling us to do and we go out to the realm of the unknown, when we act in faith, when we can't calculate the risks, when we're in the midst of that, sometimes we get scared. And the reason why we get scared is because it's not because the circumstance, because the circumstance was, was the same, right? Before he stepped to the boat, he knew it was rough. But he got scared because he took his focus off of Jesus. And my encouragement is that when we step out, when we go out, when we do what God is telling us to do, keep going. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Focus on him. Because when we focus on him, we can do things that we can, in our mind, we can never imagine that we can do. But here we see Peter's focus changed. He started to see with his natural eyes. <laughs> he started to see, he started to say, hey, uh, I, may, I weigh a bit more than this water. Right? How is this happening? He, he started to say, uh, this, this wind can, is stronger than me. He started to say, these waves can overtake me. And, and, it, doesn't, and it didn't add up to him. Right? And his mind doesn't add up to him. He's saying, I shouldn't be walking on water. So immediately he's gripped. Like I was gripped on my bed when I felt demon coming towards me. He was gripped. He was paralyzed with fear. And he began to sink. Because he couldn't calculate his physical circumstances. And when we see the chain, right? He loses focus. He gets afraid. And he starts to sink. And his ability to walk on water was based on his confidence in Christ. And we see here that there's two things in line, right? What God can do through us is directly is, is connected to what our belief and what he can do is. And see, like, that, that's... That's my call for us today. That my call for us is to d not limiting God to what we think he can do. I see so many leaders here. I see so many people that can do so much and so much for the kingdom here at City Life, but we're focused on other things. We're focused on our job. We're focused on working more than 40 plus hours a week. We're focused on worldly things and God is calling us to something. See, guys, you this church is unique. Right? There's not a lot of churches like us at City Life here. Every, as I look out, as I see people, as I talk to people, there's, I see what God has for you. But because you don't believe that he can do that in you, it's limited. The power is limited. My call is for, and again, this is, I guess, my ending call, right? Is for more people here at City Life Church to step out into what God's calling you to do. Even if you don't feel qualified because as we look in the scripture, God doesn't call the qualified. He, he, he qualifies those who he calls. As you step out, as you go in faith, God will give you the power. God will give you the strength. God will make things right. And be, just because you can't calculate what's going on doesn't mean that's not what God is calling you to do. 
We cannot control what goes around. We cannot control the circumstances around us, but we can control how we react to the circumstances that comes around us. Fear is an emotion that we are not called to live by. We are called to live by faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.15 says this, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 31 says this, But immediately Jesus reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Of you, Lord of faith, why did you doubt? Right? And Peter here, what he's, he's, not, he's not doubting his ability. He's actually doubting what Jesus can do. Right? He's, he's doubting Jesus' ability here. And when we lack faith, we are doubting what God can do and his personal care and concern for us. Right? And, and, and I love this picture. And I don't hear this talked about when, when uh, I hear this preach. But when, when Jesus, again, immediately, right? we see that word immediately reached out. When he started to sink and fall. And he re and the question is, how did he get back to the boat? Did Jesus carry Peter back to the boat? I mean, he probably could have. But they probably walked back together. Right? But this time when they walked, they were side by side. They were walking side by side together back to the boat. And man, this shows, it just shows God's, uh, his love for us. Right. Even if we fall, even if we like we're falling, we're sinking down, we're screwed, we're, we're asking for his help. He picks us up and he walks side by side with us and say, look, yeah, yeah, I'm helping you. I'm side by side, but I'm all I'm always here with you. I'm always here with you. And they walk back to the boat together, walking on water. And then when he got back to the boat, he jumps in and he tells Peter, like, hey, I have authority over this. Be still. Right. And the waves and the wind cease, and they begin to worship him. But guys, and as we wrap up, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about what God is currently doing in my life. Because when you preach, and when you when you preach a sermon, when you're prepping for a sermon, it's it always as the, what you're preaching kind of speaks back to you. And, and last week, Janine and I went to go visit Ohio. We visited Toledo, the town that we're going to move to and live in. And I'm asking God, God, what is this in me that is keeping me from being excited? What is this? Because I, I, I feel your presence. I feel you opening doors. But I'm just not 100% like I don't have that feeling that I thought I would have. Right? What is that? And God said, it's fear. You're afraid. You are afraid, you're looking at the waves, you're not focusing on me, and you're thinking about everything that's going on, right? Because there's a lot of expectations that people are, are putting on me or they want me to have, and they're, they're good things, but I'm just not sure that I can perform. I'm, I'm not sure that I can do those things. And, and, I, and, and, I, and I feel myself looking at here, looking at there, and I'm like, okay, God, if I, if I fail here, then what's going to happen, and what's going to happen, and what's going to happen, and God says, stop. Focus on me. Don't worry about the things, because you're trying to do it in your own power. Focus on me. 
Step out in faith. Step out into the realm of the unknown. And trust that I am here with you, ego I me, and I have authority over all this. I have authority. I can calm it. I can make it. I can calm any circumstance down. And in the moment I snap my fingers and tell it to do, or the moment I say the world, be still, it can be quiet. Trust in me. And, and I have a decision here to step out of faith and walk in faith. And, and, and I want you to know fear of faith is not, fear is an emotion that can grip you, but it's also a choice. Right? And my encouragement today is don't choose fear. Choose faith. Choose to step out. Even if you have a little bit of anxiety, right? Even if you have a little bit of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, again, you're not supposed to know what's going to happen. You're not God, right? Allow God to be God, but trust him. Know that he is good. Know that he wants the best for your life. And trust and take the step of faith and walk. And again, I'm talking to myself here. I need to take this step. And, I, and, 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 this, is, and this is me taking the step of faith and walking on what God is calling me to do. And, and as we wrap up, guys, I want to wrap up with these two questions. The first question is, what is God calling you to do here at City Life Church? Are you just a consumer? Are you just coming to church on Sunday morning to check the box? And then you go back to your life acting like church or City Life doesn't exist, doesn't act like God has a purpose for your life? Or... Are you, are you stepping out? Are you asking God, God, show me what, what I can do. Even if I don't feel qualified, show me what I can do. And I'll go to my leadership. I'll go to Pedro. I'll go. We have a unique leadership here at City Life Church. We have people who want the best for us. Pedro, Ryan, the oversight team. They, if you tell them, hey, I want to have a, a passion for this. I don't know how to do it. Have a passion for it. We have people who want the best for us here. And my encouragement to you is do not suppress that. Don't say because I work 40 hours a week and I have kids and I have all these things, I can't do it. Stop telling God what you can't, can't do, but just tell him what you can do. right? God, God can work out the can'ts. What is God calling you to do here at City Life Church? And my second question is this. What is your God-sized mission? What is the mission that you have in your life that you know that only by the power of God it can, it can come about. And I, I tell you guys mine. My God-sized mission is to change the word Christian. So when people say Christian, they don't automatically think Republican. When people say the word Christian, they don't automatically think American. My goal, my passion is when people say you're a Christian, that means you're someone who sold out for Christ. That you live for Christ. That, that, that That's your lifestyle. You live a life of forgiveness. You live a life of repentance. Right? And you live a life of love. That's, that's what I'm hoping by the time I die or even past my life that I can start. That, that is my God-sized mission. What is yours? What is your big mission that God is calling you to? See, life, I thank you so much. It was an honor and, and privilege to be a part of what God is doing here in Jersey City. And really take, my, my hope is that you take what I said to heart. Because I'll say it again, I said it before and I'll say it again. There is no ordinary Christians. There is no Christians, just I'm just a normal Christian. God has called every person, especially those who have called, he has given faith to his call to himself 
for a particular mission and purpose and your job on earth is to find out what that is. So City Life, I encourage you to find out what that is. Thank you guys. And this is my last sermon, but this is not my last Sunday here at City Life Church. We still have a few more weeks. I'll still be plugging in with MC. Uh, so guys, I, I encourage to just talk to you a little bit more and to, to fellowship more with everyone. And again, it's been, I'll say it again, it's been an honor to be a servant here at City Life Church. And thank you guys for all you guys have done for me and my family here. Love you guys.